Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Wellness Within would like to thank our sponsors, Union Pacific and Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op for supporting our podcast. For over 150 years, Union Pacific has been committed to building America and improving the standard of life for millions across the country. Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op maintains programs that strengthen access to healthy foods and partners with countless organizations to help support important issues in our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wellness Within podcast studio. Today, our guest is Nancy Barang, and let me tell you, we are so excited to have her here. Nancy is a board-certified nutrition consultant and the founder and owner of Four Seasons Nutrition, an integrative nutrition consulting service for individuals, families, and groups. She's an integrative nutrition consultant who has been providing nutrition services since 2000. Prior to her work in nutrition, she worked as a clinical laboratory scientist in hospitals, rural clinics, research labs, and biotechnology companies. Nancy, it is so wonderful to have you here. Well, I'm really excited for the opportunity to, quote, be with you and to <laughs> yes. share some information during this challenging time. And I'm so appreciative of the opportunity for your people to learn about nutrition and its role in managing cancer. And now where we have a, on the extra challenge of managing a respiratory virus is COVID-19. Like what's the role of nutrition in managing cancer, but also in managing staying healthy, strong immune system and managing um, preventing respiratory viral infections I see nutrition as the foundation of your health model. So your oncologists and wonderful people that that give you wonderful state-of-the-art cancer treatments, they're pretty much focused on the tumor, the cancer, and on the disease, where our nutrition is focused on your health. So this is your health plan, uh, part of your cancer management plan. And so I know that there's a lot of information that's confusing, And it's overwhelming. And when you're doing cancer treatment, you may not feel well. 
So that's what I'm hoping to share some information that can be useful and, and help people use nutrition in a simple, non-overwhelming way that's part of their overall health plan. Well, that's awesome. And I know, Nancy, that there is a lot of information that we need to get through. So I think what we're probably going to end up doing is a part one and a part two. So let's start with part one and maybe ask you a question is, so how do you stay nourished while in treatment versus post-treatment? Yeah, that's a really good question because you've nailed it. You know, cancer treatment is very individualized. So pre-treatment, during treatment, post-treatment, all different. There are some common generalities, but there are some big differences. And both of the categories, I think there's an overarching theme that we have to keep in mind, and that's do the best that you can. We don't want to have any over-restrictive diets. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. And we get into this fear-based mode that really is overly stressful. And I tell people that the fear of worrying about the food is actually worse than the food itself. So do the best that you can with where you are. If you're during treatment, we're talking about managing side effects. So for example, a lot of chemo treatments will cause gastrointestinal challenge, um, whether it's nausea, constipation, um, food, taste alteration. So what do we do about that? Keep it simple, have small bites to eat every couple of hours, even if it's like a piece of toast and peanut butter. Don't worry so much about what it is. It's more important that you have something in your stomach to balance your blood sugar and balance your energy levels. Side effects will be a lot worse if your stomach is empty. Number one is to stay hydrated, especially when it's warm outside. We want to drink more than usual of liquids, and the deal is not just filtered water. It's important to have some electrolytes in that water. How do you get electrolytes? Squeeze the juice of a lemon. Put a splash of pomegranate juice or mango juice. The minerals in that juice will help the water get into your cells. Ginger tea, herb teas. I like ginger tea, Tulsi tea. Make a big batch of herb tea. Drink it like water. If you are having some side effects or digestion is weak, try sipping on broth. And you can add some nutrition by adding some miso paste to the broth. The miso paste will add protein and add a little bit of flavor. Post-treatment, when you don't, maybe you're feeling good, but now you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do? There's a fear about reoccurrence. Oh, I don't want to eat this food. And so again, let the fear go, relax, make healthy food choices as best as you can. Again, stay hydrated. I would say my top recommendations are way more vegetables, different color vegetables, because they're the ones that have the most cancer-fighting nutrients. Try to have diverse amount of vegetables. Don't just eat the same vegetable. And I know this is kind of an interesting time because you're not going out to farmer's markets or you're not going to stores, so you're at the mercy of who's doing the shopping for you. So you can write up your list and say, hey, if there's a vegetable that's come into season, and you can see that it's fresh and local, then please pick me up some of that. 
The other thing to add in that's really important for everybody are cultured foods. So this is thing like yogurt. And of course, with the dairy, we're going to want organic grass-fed if you can with live cultures. That's going to give you probiotic bacteria that's going to boost and balance your immune system. And it's going to support digestion and elimination. What's your take, Nancy? I don't mean to interrupt, but I yeah. made me think about it because there's such a rage about kombucha. What's yeah. your take on that? Yeah, I actually like kombucha. I guess your oncologist would be a little bit nervous if your white counts are very low because mm. you are taking in bacteria. And the kombucha bacteria, not all that bacteria in the kombucha is going to colonize. Some of that bacteria are what we call transients. They come in. They kind of stay for a little while, they boot out bad guys, and then they pass through. Oncologists get a little bit nervous if your white counts are really, really low. But for the most part, kombucha is wonderful. It should be part of your cultured food. So cultured foods, yogurt. If you're not doing dairy, you could do cultured cashew yogurt. I have an easy recipe for that. The other thing is sauerkraut or fermented beets, fermented ginger beets, any type of fermented vegetables. Those are other ways to get cultured foods in. Miso is a cultured food as well. So yeah, those would be my biggies. Hydration, emphasis on plant foods, cultured foods, and definitely less sugar, less processed foods, sticking with real foods. And keeping it simple. You know, don't worry so much that it's what you do 90% of the time, so 10% of the time, you have a pizza or some sort of celebratory chocolate cake. It's okay because it's what you do most of the time. Think of it as, as minerals in the bank, right? Nutrients in the bank. So every once in a while... You know, you have something like a mac and cheese or a a pizza that's not something you usually have, but you want to have a little bit of it, you know, I think it's okay. So the point I'm making is don't get into this fear-based nutrition. Do the best that you can with what you have and keep your meals simple. Egg and toast, oatmeal, smoothie, soup, especially during this time where getting groceries may be a little bit challenging and people are shopping for you. Let's just come up with some simple meals. Well, I think that's great too, because you know, one of the things I would say over the last 10 years at the center is people fear is absolutely on the top of what do I eat? And and some people swing the pendulum way too hard, say, I need to be a vegan, I need to take everything. And then that's not exactly right out for people either. So it's nice to be able to say, look, don't use food to be the fear mongrel exactly don't be overly constrictive you know that's so right. you do the best that you can to eat as healthy as you can and eat stay hydrated and eat a lot of veggies so what about then since we're talking about this what do you think the top basic ingredients to stock yeah that's a good question especially now say you're giving somebody a grocery list to pick up and you want to keep it condensed you know one of my top foods that I recommend, I call it my undervalued superfood is beans. So you can get canned beans or you can get dried beans, super high in fiber, super high in magnesium, which is very calming. And the thing about the fiber in beans is it feeds the good bacteria, the good bacteria in beans 
and in our other plant foods is, is what helps to strengthen and balance our immune system. Uh, beans are an excellent source of protein. If we combine beans with a whole grain, which would be the second thing on the list, I would say some brown rice if you can, or if you can, some, some quinoa or even wild rice. Trader Joe's has wild rice, right? So beans, a whole grain, like a brown rice. Third item would be broth. And then you can have a homemade broth that maybe a friend has made for you or you're making broth, frozen broth, boxed organic broth. And then the third item would be veggies. And let's come up with what our staples are, okay? Onions carrots, celery, and cabbage. Now, these veggies are going to last a long time. And if we've got beans, broth, and veggies, we've got a meal. So we can heat up some broth. We can add some onions, add some carrots, add some celery, add some cabbage, add some beans. And then the next item, herbs and spices, garlic and ginger, and you've got a very quick meal. So beans, and what can we do with beans? A can of beans, we can rinse them out, add some spices, have it with eggs and salsa in the morning, have like a breakfast burrito. We can add beans to a salad for lunch, and you can have a salad that has cabbage and maybe some fresh greens, and you can put beans in a soup. So let me reiterate, beans, broth, veggies, onions, carrots, celery, cabbage, because these guys keep. And then the fresh greens, these guys don't keep, but people have gardens now. So kale and lettuces, you can get a bag of power greens that may last you the week. What are you going to do with those? You can put them in a soup. You can put them in a quick saute. So those are our greens. I like to get that big bag of organic power greens, says spinach, collards, baby kale. They sell it at Costco and Safeway, organic greens. And then the next category would be some herbs and spices, garlic and ginger. Got to have garlic, got to have ginger. So you can use garlic powder or you can use fresh garlic. It's one of the best things to keep your blood flowing. It's really good for intestinal health. It's an antiviral. And then ginger, fresh ginger is wonderful. You also could use ginger powder. So let's see, next category, some protein. Eggs are one of my go-to for protein. The best eggs are going to be pastured, but I'd say do the best that you can. And then in terms of other sources of protein that you can stock up on, fish. You can have canned salmon. You can have canned sardines. You can also get frozen fish. You can get frozen wild-caught salmon or halibut or cod or whatever you want. So that's what I say would be like my basics. Come up with a shopping list. Always keep a shopping list on your cell phone on a piece of paper and to give it to somebody to shop for you or if you're going out shopping and have your basics. And then you can add on when you go into the store or someone goes into the store, maybe there's fresh asparagus or there's 
some fresh kale, then we'll, we'll have a tendency of, of seeing what's growing at the time. And then we'll augment our staples with what freshly is available. Like right now, fruit is in season. So nectarines and peaches and plums are in season. So that would be something that you would add to your list. Maybe you even know people that have trees and these things are growing even better. Let me ask you a question too, because this has come up sometimes, and even for me, when there's seasons, especially in California here, right? There yeah. are seasons that some things are just really easy to get and they're inexpensive. What if you get something, you have so much of it and you want to eat it in the winter, but it's not in season? Is it possible there's some of these greens that you refer to or the summer fruits or the summer vegetables that yeah. can be frozen? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question because that's exactly what happens. And so typically with fruit, people will make a jam and, you know, you don't have a lot of jam because that's a lot of sugar. So yes, you freeze them. And so the best thing to do is to freeze them in those freezer bags. I like to blanch before I freeze. That helps to preserve. It like sets the nutrients. So in other words, say I've got some fresh broccoli, you know, like lots of broccoli, lots of kale. And so I blanch it. So blanching means I immerse it in hot boiling water for about a minute or two. The thicker it is, the longer it goes, take it out and then put it in an ice bath. So you get your ice bath ready and then it's ready to go. And then you put it in a freezer bag and you freeze it. So yes, freezing is definitely preferable. So blanching, that's something that I, you know, I feel like I learned that long ago and it just completely slipped my brain. You know, the other thing about blanching is it looks nicer. So say, you know, have you ever had like soggy asparagus or soggy green beans, which is kind of a turnoff. And you, you wonder how when you go to a restaurant and they give you these beautiful colored crisp veggies, you know, why can't I make veggies like that? Blanching is the key. And in fact, there's blanching guides that tell you how long to blanch specific foods for. But basically what you're doing is kind of sealing in the nutrients and it's perfect for pre-freezing. Right. So let's get to some of the other questions now. I know we're getting low on time, but we're going yeah. to do a part two here. But how do you be nutritionally strong and balanced storing just normal times of stress and anxiety, because we know that when you get a cancer diagnosis, there's an awful lot of stress and anxiety that Mm -hmm. is added on to, you know, the cancer, your livelihood, your job, your family, there's all kinds of stress and anxiety. So to be nutritionally strong and balanced during those times, what would you suggest and food wise? Yeah, food wise, I think number one, you know, it's, it's a crazy time getting a cancer diagnosis or any other situation that makes you really, really stressed is this is a time when you're going to call in your inner wisdom and your inner strength, and you're going to set up a schedule, right? So it's like one foot in front of the other. I get out of bed, one foot in front of the other. I want a schedule. So I want a schedule for eating. So I want to have three meals a day because when we get stressed and we tend to sometimes either forget to eat or we overeat or our eating schedule is erratic. The reason why this is important is we want to make our blood sugar steady. We want to stabilize our blood sugar because that's going to help stabilize the stress response. So three square meals a day, even if it's just a couple of bites of something. Secondly, making sure, again, that you are extremely hydrated. 
because that's important, but not just with water. Like now we're making a cucumber lemonade. I made lemonade and I added cucumber to it because I have it from the garden. Lots of electrolytes. Okay, so electrolytes, magnesium, these guys are calming. So what can we do that are calming foods that really help us maintain our cool? So keeping a schedule. I even tell people, think about a journal. So if we have a schedule for eating, we have a schedule for drinking so that we're drinking more, we're hydrating. When you're stressed, you get dehydrated. We have a schedule for exercising. That means going out for a power walk, being outside. Nature is calming. We have a schedule for sleeping because sleeping tends to be problematic when we're stressed. But we go to bed at a certain time and we wake up at a certain time. We go exercise at a certain time, and we have a schedule for breathing. I know it seems funny to have to have a schedule for breathing, but when we're stressed, we do shallow breathing. And as a nutritionist, I want there to be deep breathing because that's how we better digest our food. So if you're going to be eating, you're not digesting well if you're doing shallow breathing. So before you start to eat, take three deep, long breaths, breathing in through your nose, breathing out through your mouth. Andrew Wheel has a nice little guide for that. He calls it the four, seven, eight. Breathe in through your nose to a count of four. Hold for a count of seven. Out for a count of eight. That will kind of calm down the nervous system. The other thing is keeping a schedule for connections. You don't want to be socially isolated. When you're feeling depressed and scared and worried, you can contract into a little ball. Just like we want you to breathe, we want you to get outside. Anti-stress foods, especially teas, calming teas, chamomile tea. Make a strong batch of loose chamomile tea. It's an anti-anxiety there was a study that 500 milligrams of chamomile three times a day outperformed an anti-anxiety drug. I like to combine chamomile tea with Tulsi tea. I make very strong tea and drink it like water. And I have that with my meals. The meal will have protein and it will have a lot of veggies because veggies provide minerals and minerals are calming, especially with magnesium. Wow, and that research about chamomile tea is amazing. I, I know, really, check it out. Who knew? Here's the other thing about chamomile tea. Not only does it calm anxiety, but it supports digestion, and chamomile tea helps you sleep. And get this, it's one of the richest sources of apigenin, A-P-I-G-E-N-I-N, which is a major cancer preventative compound. This is the thing about our herbs and the compounds and foods is that they're multitaskers and they have their plant wisdom and their plant wisdom knows how to heal us. So by having our chamomile tea, we're hydrating, we're calming, we're supporting our digestion and we're fighting cancer. What a deal, right? What a deal. That's really great. Tell me a drug that could do all that. I know. Yeah. Last question. I know we have a part two that we're going to do, but I'd like to make these podcasts timeless so people can listen to this this winter, next spring, and right. next summer. Sure. But it's hard to not touch on the topic that currently, you know, what if we're keeping this right now? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, June of 2020, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and COVID 19 is still alive and well. So, are there anything different that you would add to the list in these times where people are dealing with COVID-19? 
as far as keeping nutritionally strong and balanced? Right. So staying calm is really, really important. And I like to say be safe, be nourished, be calm because they all complement each other. It's a really important time to make sure that your vitamin D levels are robust. So if you haven't done so, ask your medical doctor to test your vitamin D. Because we know vitamin D is critical for immune function. We know that if you have low vitamin D, you're at a higher risk for severity of a COVID-19 infection. If you get it, it would be worse. We know that low vitamin D is a risk factor for cancer. We want your blood level vitamin D to be about 40 or 50. Most people have to supplement. So this is where I say you may want to consider supplementing. And I like to take vitamin D with a vitamin A and a K because they potentiate themselves, each other. The second thing that's really important, and there's so many commonalities to keeping your immune system robust and resilient, right? Think of resilience. This is what we want for cancer. You you get pushed down, but you come back up because you're strong. Zinc is critical for immune system resilience. Zinc is critical to fight cancer. It educates the T cells, the thymus cells, one of your first um, first activators against cancer and against virus. So zinc is something that, how do you get zinc? You get zinc from your nuts and seeds. You can get some zinc from high-quality red meat. However, we're finding it's hard to get your zinc levels up if you are low zinc. You can ask your doctor to test your zinc. We also like to test it with copper because cancer's copper-intensive zinc balances out copper So we want higher zinc, lower copper. This is another occasion where supplementing with zinc, I like a food-based or naturalized, can often be really helpful to get your zinc levels up. Wow. Um, Yeah, those are kind of biggies. There are others. But this is really good information. And I think our listeners are really going to appreciate this, especially a lot of people who are newly diagnosed. Because even though there's a pandemic, Cancer is still coming into people's lives. No, it doesn't welcome, but it's coming. Well, let Nancy, let's take a pause here okay. and um, we're going to come back and we'll do our second part to do a little more educating about specific food groups and we'll break it down a little bit more to talk more specifically. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk here in a bit. Thanks so All much. Right. Sounds good. For those who would like more information about Nancy and all the many resources that she has on her website, you can go visit her at www.4seasonsnutrition.com and that's F-O-U-R, 4seasonsnutrition.com. Thanks for joining us here today. This is Patty Brown from Wellness Within signing off. Until the next time, take care, folks.